The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Previously on Soap Central Live. Today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. It is Friday, June 6th, our very first show of June. And I thought that this would be a really great time to help bring everybody up to speed about what we do here on Soap Central Live every week. I know that there are new listeners finding our show each and every week, and sometimes it can be a little intimidating to have to go back and listen to over 230 hours of previous shows to get caught up, to hear what you've missed, to listen to your favorite stars. So I thought for those of you who are tuning in this week, who are either brand new listeners or who have not been with us since the beginning of our show back in June 2010, this is going to be a really great way for you to catch up on all the craziness that you've missed over the past nearly four and a half years now. We're going to play some clips from your favorite stars, some of our most memorable moments, some of our most outrageous guests so far in 2014. And by the end of this hour, you will know what you can expect each and every week from Soap Central Live during our Anything and Everything Soap discussion. One of the most important things that I always tell listeners or people who are thinking of tuning in is that you don't need to know anything about the soaps in order to listen to the show. It's always been my intention to make sure that when a guest comes on the show, we don't get bogged down in some of the storyline discussions. So if there's a star that you'd like to know more about or a star that you're interested in, but maybe you're not following along on what their stories are on their particular soap or you don't know their past soap history... You don't have to worry. You can still tune in because we're going to learn more about the stars. We're going to find out what they've been up to since they've been in daytime. We'll ask questions that maybe don't get asked in other places. It's a lot of fun. And I think that you will hear that best if we go to our first clip of the year. Way back in January, January 24th, 2014, Rib Hillis and Elena Grinyenko were here to talk about their new project, the L.A. Ballroom Studio. And it started off a little rocky because one of the guests didn't show up, but we pressed on. Let's take a listen to that clip from back in January. And this real-life couple is here today to assure us that even those of us with two left feet can learn to get their waltz on. They obviously haven't met me, but we'll let them deal with that coming up in just a couple of moments. So first up, he played Dr. Jake Marshak on Port Charles. And if you're not fast forwarding through the commercials, you may have seen him as one of the sexy garbage men in a new hefty ad campaign. Rib Hillis, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi there. Thank you for having me on. 
Well, thank you for being here. Let's bring on our other guests as well. Elena Grunienko is a world champion professional ballroom dancer, so a little nervous to discuss dancing with her, but hopefully it'll be all right. You may have seen her on Dancing with the Stars. She's the owner of a talent agency. She's a choreographer, and she even serves as a board member of the National Museum of Dance. Elena, welcome to Soap Central Live. Don't, we may have lost her. We'll try to get her back in here. In the meantime, we'll talk to Rib. Uh, sure, let's just let's make the whole interview about me. <laughs> <laughs> There's an interest of, of disclosure here. It may be 17 years later, but let's, let's talk about this. When the first press release, Rib, came out for Port Charles back in 1997, I remember working on the cast list for SoapCentral.com, and I thought, ha, look at this. They made a typo. Obviously, they meant Rob, and I changed it. And then the next press release came out, and it said Rib Hillis again. And I remember thinking, well, maybe that's really his real name. So let's ask you. You know, the I and the O are right next to each other. It obviously isn't a typo. It name is Rib. Is that uh, where did the name come from? Oh, that's funny that you changed that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was Oops. a little boy. I was about six years old, and I was catching frogs in a pond in upstate New York, and I caught a bunch of frogs. And my friends gave me the nickname Rivet because of the frogs. <laughs> and I moved from upstate New York to Newton, Massachusetts. And the first day in third grade, I stood in front of the class. And the teacher said, should we call you Bob, Bobby, or Robert? Because that is my name, Robert. And I had just gotten this new awesome nickname, Rivet. And so I blurted out to the third grade class, call me Rivet. Call and they Ribbit. all you know, perked up and were like, that's so cool. And that's it. It, it stuck. I, I've, I have friends that, that only know me as Ribbit because they met me through elementary school. It shortened to Ribby, and then high school it was just Rib. When I went to Europe and started modeling, uh, they didn't even have a last name. I had just one name on my comp card in Europe, just R-I-B. So it's been a, I mean, a self, self-given nickname from my childhood. I guess it worked out. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know any other way. Um, you know, my... Uh, that's how that's how I I've gone through life is having this kind of odd name and I, I tend to spell it you know I like hey it's Rib Hillis uh, R I B because a lot of people put an extra B on it. My son his name is Magnus. We have a five month old son and we decided to name him Magnus. And my father sort of balked at it. He's like, well, oh how you can't, how can you name him Magnus? I mean, well, I guess he actually said I guess he could change his name when he gets older. <laughs> and, and, and my my ten year old son Dane, he said, "Why would Magnus change his name from Magnus? People change their name to Magnus." And I thought, exactly. Magnus has the chance to have great of a life as he wants, or is you know as small. It doesn't matter. But the name is just it's you know, it's just what is is called. It's not there's nothing more to it unless you want to put more to it. I feel like I need to come up with a cool nickname. Of course, it's. 40 years in now, it's probably too late, but I'll work well, on that. You, this is how you do it. You go to a new town, and when you okay. meet people, you tell them the new name, and that's the only way they will know you, because they don't know the past. Now, if someone from the old town comes to visit you, they may, they may give up your secret, but you can start over. Maybe we'll now have one. Now it's too late to change your nickname. Ah, look who we have. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Welcome, guys, Elena. my phone okay. threw me out in the beginning of the... <laughs> That's okay. We're just getting to know everybody here. So you, let's let's jump in with this. Do you have a nickname, Elena? Or uh, I do. Uh, you do. My nickname is Grinya, which comes out of my last name, Grinenko. 
and my childhood friends don't ever call me by my nickname. Or by my name, sorry. It's always a nickname. <laughs> okay. So, so we for- actually have a funny story with Rib. Uh, we just started dating. Um, my full name is Yelena. My short name is Lena. My nickname is Grinya. And then Russians change their names to Lena, Linusik, Alenchik, Grinchik. And so I have 25 names. And then he goes, I'm going to ask you an odd question. Please don't get upset with me. And that's like maybe three months into dating. He goes, what exactly your name is? (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, but yes. We're going to stick with with short names. I don't know that we would have the ability for 25 names here. I I think that would probably take up a whole tweet all by itself. Yes, probably. (laughs) If there's anything I've come to know over the past 230-some episodes of Soap Central Live, that when you're live on the air, on radio, anything can and will happen. And that was the case. You heard there a little bit of a snippet of that in the interview with Elena Grunyenko, where her cell phone gave out and she wasn't able to call in when she'd wanted. But it all worked out. We had a really good time. There were also some surprises that took place on the February 7th episode of Soap Central Live. We had Emmy winner Katie McLean drop by for her first live interview on Soap Central Live. And the news had not yet broken at that time that she'd be joining the cast of The Young and the Restless. She was on to talk about her short film, Flip Fantasia, and her memoir, Murdering My Youth, which is now available in paperback and in electronic versions. Check it out at your local book retailer. We also have links on SoapCentralLive.com if you want to make it easier for yourself. But during the course of that show, we had some surprise guests ready for her to call in. They didn't all call in when they thought they would. But I was pleasantly surprised to be able to bring in Vincent Irizarry, who played David Hayward to Katie's Dixie on All My Children. And as you're about to hear, they were so happy to be catching up that they pretty much took over the show. This week, back in 2001, so it's 13 years ago now, Dixie and David were snowbound at the Sleepy Hollow Inn. They engaged in a little bedroom slalom. <laughs> and we have Vincent Irizarry on the line who wants to say hello. Oh, hello. Hi, Dan. How you doing, Katie? I'm wonderful. Hey. I came for, uh, for uh, to, to reenact that bedroom slalom that we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we'll do it uh, just over the phone. <laughs> Why not? That's pretty exciting. How are you doing, honey? I'm good. How are you? It's so good to hear from you. I miss you so. I know. I miss everybody. I do. I miss the whole experience. It was it was cut too short, and once again, it's left unresolved. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, uh, it's just like it was with ABC. It's, so that there was like no finality. Like, oh. I know. You know? I know. It's crazy. So like my bizarre. my character finally had a son that he didn't know about, and then you know he may never know. Just left right? out there. Yeah. So bizarre. I know. Weird. Weirder than weird. But you're doing well. You're working your butt off, and I. Like you're popping up everywhere these days. Didn't you just go to the uh, uh, Walking Dead party? Yes, I was there last night. Actually, yeah, I went to at the Academy of Television Television Arts Sciences. At it, um, was there. It was great. I was able to take my 12 year old son, who was a huge fan of the show, and he got to meet wow. the cast. And he actually, he totally surprised me. He jumped up when they were taking questions at the end of the Q and A. 
it's a, an auditorium of 700 people. He jumped up out of his seat and ran to the microphone and asked the question to the creator of the show, Robert Kirkman. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so, wow. impressed, I was so impressed with him. And he asked this yeah. great question. And, and then after that, he was like a little celebrity. The whole time at the reception, I was like, what a great question. Everybody's like, and up and say, wow, that was awesome. And the people in the cast all knew him. It was funny. I was like, oh, oh my God. Man. <laughs> yes, you must have been like, that's my guy. That's my boy. That's my guy. I think he was just induct- uh, inducted into the world of geekdom, my son. <laughs> well, <laughs> boy, you're going to have some people envious of you. You know, uh, that show is, you my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it's huge, huge. And it was, it's great. I, I actually went to it last year as well, and it's they're a wonderful cast. Everybody was so gracious, and, and even the creator, Robert Kirkman, was wonderful, and they all were. It was, it was great. It was a good experience. So, anyway, oh, so cool. and, now, what's going on with you, Katie? I know that you're doing some, are you doing another movie that you're directing right now? Um, I did uh, shoot the second uh, short film, and um, okay. I'm, yeah, it's done. It's in the can, and I'm uh, uh, working on the music rights, and we'll go into... Um, more post-production type stuff in March, I think. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, Excellent. But do you remember when I was, uh, I told you I was working on my book and mm-hmm. I had that right. big disappointment with this uh, agent I was working with. I was offered this incredible experience by uh, a woman who runs, uh, who's also, a, uh, she's a writing professor, but she also um, runs a self-publishing um, company and she is helping me self-publish my book. So that's fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Very great. I, I, that. Well, I'm going to actually, if, if, I, if it's okay, I'm going to plug in somebody else who just wrote a book that's actually just was put online um, as an ebook with Amazon. And it's a, the book is, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm writing the a screenplay to this. It's an original manuscript that was written about a, a real life murder that took place in Texas. And I'm wow. writing the screenplay to it right now, and I'm almost fish, finished with it. It's called Parallax. And it was uh, written by Elizabeth Seal, Darling Seal. Um, and it just came on a week ago, and it's already on the bestseller list. For wow. Um, it's at number 37 already on Amazon. So oh, but it's, I'm very excited about it because I'm, I'm almost done with the screenplay, and, and I'm looking forward to getting that out there. So it's pretty cool. That's so exciting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's great. It's fantastic. a very interesting story. It's a psychological drama. takes place. Crime drama. It's, it's great. That's great. So, you better catch yourself in that quick. <laughs> yes, I know. That's true. That's true. You're the right, I always tell actors, I was like, like, you put yourself in your own part. Come on. Do it. Do it. You know? <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you, but it's, honestly, I'd be, just, I'd be happy to be a producer of this and, a, and, the, and the writer of record. I'd be very happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would be nice to be able to do something. As actors, as you know, we're sort of at the mercy of whatever roles come our way. It's not, it's more often than not, it's not our piece that we're driving that we're getting off the ground, and it's not, it's not our labor of love. We're just a cog in the wheel, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's nice to be able to do that, to have something that I've invested myself and my heart into this and um, my, my, my creativity and just then the hopes of getting it done, we'll see. Happens, but I, I've only read a little of your writing. That incredible article you wrote about uh, uh, the death of Martin Luther King. I, re- I remember that was just stunning. And so I, I have every confidence that you're a fantastic screenwriter as well. I hope you let me read it. 
Thank you, Katie. Of course I will. Of course I will. And, I, and I've also enjoyed your writing. Anything that I've ever read, read of yours uh-huh. is wonderful. So, so mm-hmm. I think we've, we've taken the show away from Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Dan. This is a mutiny. We're taking over the show. <laughs> Are we still is on the there? air? What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Dan. <laughs> Hello? I think we do. We lost I am. Them. I am here. I am here. I was letting you guys you know, tidying up around the studio. He ran to get a drink. He's like, oh, <laughs> did you go for a bathroom break or something, Dan? Did you go for a bathroom break? I was well, enjoying the like perfectly suited to do this. The I'm take a break. I, I felt like I was. Here's a fun and interesting fact about that particular interview. I was there listening to the interview the entire time. What happened was that I had to sneeze and I pushed the mute button on my mic and forgot to push it back to allow the audio to resume when I was done sneezing. So I was even talking to Katie and David while they were chittering and chattering and wondering, why aren't they answering my questions? It wasn't until they said, Dan, are you there? That I realized, "Uh uh-oh, something is out of whack here. It's one of the little factoids about the show that you may not have known. And there are other factoids that come up while we're discussing anything and everything soap because you never know quite what we're going to talk about here on Soap Central Live. Sure, we'll at some point in time get around to talking about soaps. But sometimes we go completely off that topic and talk about anything that comes into our mind. That was the case on March 14th when Lily Melgar dropped by to talk about, among other things, Sensual by Lily, her line of skincare products. In the discussion of things that smell good, I thought that we'd break down a top 10 list of the most recognizable smells according to a recent survey. And Lily and I disagreed on some of the things that people should be able to sniff out of a crowd. Let's take a listen to this clip from March 14th. For folks who watch soaps, they know that soaps play to our senses, the visual and the audio cues. But there's another sense, Lily, that can really evoke memories and emotion, and that's the sense of smell. So I really want to talk about Sensual by Lily <laughs> and find out, you know. Nice transition. Good. Good thanks. job. <laughs> no, no, no. Come. After 221 shows, if I can't make a decent segue, there's no reason for me to be here. So I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to pull that off on Soapbox. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that, too. So seg- hold on with your segues. We have to get through one first. And uh, okay. since you are the expert of sense, I wanted to see if you could come up with what some of the most recognized scents are universally. Uh, There's a Yale University study. They put together a list of the top 20 most recognizable scents. And I'm just curious, do you have any thoughts of what might be on that list? Jasmine. It is not on the list, believe it or not. What? Okay, I'm I'm dumbfounded. Uh, Lavender. That is also, that was one of the ones that I picked. I thought for sure lavender would be there. These are, uh, these are all over the board. These are completely all over the board. Grapefruit. Yes. <laughs> that was the one I was going to say first. I should have <laughs> stuck to my instinct. <laughs> That's okay. Now, okay, so grapefruit coffee. That, that is actually number one. I was going to say, someone who uh, has appeared on screen with Sonny Corinthos needs to know about coffee importation, as they call it. Uh, that, yeah, that's the number one smell. Oh, you know what? I know that this is so random, and I'm so sorry, but I think it's important to say this. 
because we have not talked about this, but with the whole Latin movement and, and at that time, at that day and age, and me and Ricky being the first Latin super couple, isn't it interesting that Maurice is also 100% Latin? So he was already a part of that. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I mean, I'm thinking even before that, he was on All My Children as well. So. Exactly, but they never really promoted that. It's almost like they were selling him more as Italian. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? But anyway, okay, back to the scent. So coffee, yes. Coffee, grapefruit. Um, okay, something cinnamon? Yes, I would not have <laughs> guessed that. But yes, cinnamon is on the list as well. Lemon. Lemon is on the list. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm in action now. Um, let's see. Stay in the same... No, that was another surprise. Um, here's the, the one that's number three. I don't think anyone will ever guess, but I'm going to, uh, I'll just say it. It's Vicks Vapor Rub. Oh, wow. You, you're right. It is all across the board. Yeah, who oh. would think Vicks Vapor Rub? But, you know, when someone has it on, you, you know that it's oh, Vicks Vapor you're Rub. You're going to smell that a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it should be like eucalyptus. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's not on the list, surprising, but I guess that fits in. But wintergreen oil is on the list. I think everybody knows the wintergreen lifesavers. Uh, some of the other things that are on here that were interesting are baby powder. Oh, yes, that's a good one. Chocolate and peanut butter. Mmm. Dried cat food. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, who, I don't know. I guess you'd have to have a cat. I don't know what dried cat food smells like. Yeah, I've never had a cat, so I would never recognize that smell. And some of the other interesting ones that are on here Wait, are, wait, wait, how about gasoline? No, uh, that's a good guess, though. That's. I, I wonder if gasoline doesn't smell the same everywhere. I would think it wow. has to. It's gasoline. Um, but mothballs, cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, tuna. Ooh, yeah. Bananas. Bananas, really? Yeah. Bleach. That's Bleach. That's a good one. How about suntan oil? No, but I get that would probably be like more like coconut or a pina colada or something. That would, <laughs> that's not on the list. Um, and then the other one that's interesting is Crayola crayons. Oh wow. I don't so know. If how we I were playing on Family Feud, I mean, we wouldn't have done that well, huh? <laughs> if we were playing on Family Feud, the people probably would have said sex. They would have said wine. I mean, they're, they're very risque on the Family Feud nowadays. Well, we did say coffee, and that was number one, so. It was, and that would not have been anything that I would have guessed. It's, uh, I don't drink coffee, but I mean, I do know the smell of coffee, so it's probably <laughs> something that didn't register with me. That's funny. What a fun game. I love it. That is just one of the games that we play here on Soap Central Live, and we actually have a lot of them. Our most popular is the $250 Soap Pyramid, where we give your favorite stars the opportunity to win $250 for their favorite charity. And on that line, we introduced a quick-fire, rapid-fire round that we usually play at the beginning of the show, sort of set the mood, find out what we're going to be talking about in the hour, and to learn 
completely trivial information about all of our favorite stars. Way back on January 31st, 2014, the stars of Beacon Hill, the series dropped by Soap Central Live, and we asked them the hard-hitting Barbara Walters-esque questions, what's your favorite color, among others. Here are Alicia Minshew, Crystal Chappelle, and Sarah Brown answering those questions and more. Let's take a listen. Okay, so they say, I don't know who they are, but they say that you should never discuss religion or politics. Apparently, I've never gotten that advice because that's what we're going to do here today. But with a little bit of a, a soapy twist, we'll go down the line for this one. Uh, oh God, Alicia, they yes. say in political elections that people are either in red states or blue states. Occasionally, it's a purple state. What's your favorite color? Oh, God. What? Um, what? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? Purple. Okay. Sarah, what's your favorite color? It can't be brown because that would be cheating. Weird, right? Blue. Okay. Crystal? Uh, fuchsia. Fuchsia. So you're like all into this uh, radiant orchid that's the color of 2014. Mm, I love that color. I love that color. Going back, we'll go back to Sarah to start this one off. Earlier in the week, uh, the president delivered the State of the Union speech. Is there a state in the U.S. that you've never visited but always wanted to? Sure. Wow. So many states in the U.S. Um, hmm. I guess I'd like to go to Oregon. Hmm, that's a good one. <laughs> Alicia, how about you? Well, get this. Hawaii. Uh -oh. That you've oh, never been. One. No, isn't that a sin that I've never been to Hawaii? Really crazy, yes. <laughs> I know. I really have to get there. And Crystal. You know, I was before Sarah said Oregon. I was thinking I've never been to Portland, and I've always wanted to go there. But I, I now I want to go to Hawaii with. Forget about Oregon, right? Yeah, and then go to Hawaii. Both sound good. That's they, probably they on my list, too. I don't think I've ever, I've never been to Hawaii. I know that, but I think that that would probably be at the top of the list. Well, we need to plan a trip. We yeah, can, uh, maybe we can get the next idea. hottest <laughs> hell to be in Let's shoot season three in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Let's talk to the ladies and get them on the phone. <laughs> okay. Send them an email. Although they were talking about France. We've already so. been to several states as a as a group as a um, series. We've been to Nevada for a birthday party as a group as a show, sort oh, of, right. and we've been to Boston, Massachusetts, and we've done work in California as well. So we're kind of all over the place with this series, which is what's, what's really fun. And we're going to D.C. next, which is really fun. I like that. I love D.C. <laughs> traveling. Yes, D.C. is great. A little bit of a musical worked into the show here with uh, <laughs> singing. So. There's always that element when Alicia and, and I are together, too. It's ridiculous and silly. We call it Beacon Hill we the do the Beacon Hill, the, wait, no, Beacon Hill the opera. Oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> that was when it got really weird. <laughs> we were singing our words as an opera. She's really good at it, I have to say. I think that there should be a special award for new media for best <laughs> actor in a web series who can sing their lines in an opera voice. <laughs> <I don't laughs> and then goes that. to Alicia Menchu. 
More and more here on Soap Central Live, we try to bring you interviews with folks who you may not automatically associate with the soaps. But as we find out in the course of just about every one of our interviews, everyone has some sort of soap connection. Whether they're secret soap fans or got their first big break on a soap, everyone has in some way, shape, or form been touched by a soap. That was the case back on our Valentine's Day show, which this year just happened to air on Valentine's Day, February 14th. We talked to the cast of VH1's hit primetime soap, Single Ladies, and one of the actors, Travis Winfrey, told us that he got his first professional acting gig on the NBC camptastic supernatural soap, Passions. And while... Travis's role may not go down as the most memorable role in Passion's history. Travis still looks back at his time on the show with a great deal of fondness and certainly with a great sense of humor. Take a listen to a bit of my interview with Travis Winfrey of Single Ladies from February 14th. You had a role on Passions, which of course goes down as one of the craziest soaps of all time. <laughs> that was my first job. <laughs> Did you happen to be there when the orangutan was playing the nurse? Oh, my goodness. Um, no, <laughs> but I, watched, I watched the show. I watched the show with my little sister when I was younger. So, um, like, when the little ball came to life, like, I was there for that. Uh, in the very beginning. Um, well, you know, my part in passing was I was hitting on a girl who just reaches into a lobster tank and eats a lobster because she's a mermaid. So, so you know, <laughs> I think I missed the thing. What do you have uh, in terms of advice for folks who are single ladies or single guys on Valentine's Day who are mad at the world because this year maybe they don't have anybody? What's your advice? Oh, they can over to my house. If they want, like, let's just have a single party. I'm not single, though, but they can still come over to my house. You know? I think that, um, I, I think that, you know, as, there's no need to, you don't need another person to practice love. Go out, have fun. And, like, there's no, Valentine's Day doesn't mean couples day. Not at all. There are plenty of single people on Valentine's Day that are feeling the same way. And isn't that what finding someone is about? Finding someone that has the same feelings as you on that moment? So, to up. so you're saying that what people should do on Valentine's Day is sit around looking for somebody else who's just as miserable as them and hook up. <laughs> yeah, I guess in essence that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not exactly the the, <laughs> the Valentine's Day that I had in, in mind. But misery does love company. And it wasn't miserable, but I did enjoy your company for this interview. So, Travis, thank you so much for taking thank some time so out to chat with me. I, yeah, I had a blast. That was awesome. <laughs> Unfortunately, shortly after Travis appeared on Soap Central Live, we found out from VH1 that single ladies had been canceled after three seasons. But in good news... The cable channel Centric has picked up Single Ladies for season four. They'll be going into production soon, and we don't have a premiere date for the fourth season, but as soon as we find out, we'll bring it along to you here on Soap Central Live and certainly reach out to the cast of Single Ladies and try to get them back to talk more about what we can expect from the season ahead. One of the other guests who appeared on Soap Central Live, who's not necessarily soap-specific, is Dale Rowell. While her husband is a lighting director on The Young and the Restless, you may know her from her roles on True Blood and also the CBS series 
under the dome. Dale dropped by on May 23rd when people were still in the throes of Kimye wedding frenzy. And while neither Dale nor I really understood why people were so excited, well, it didn't stop us from talking about it. Let's take a listen to my interview with Dale Rowell. So, Dale, I don't know how up on uh, pop culture, how closely you follow things, but here we have a little rapid fire round that we try to do at the start of every show that, you know, looks at topics from all around the world. And one of the things that people are talking about, for better or for worse, <laughs> is this Kim Ye wedding, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West. I don't really follow it, but the thing that I got the most out of is that it's going to be a $7 million plus wedding. And, Dale, the dress alone is seven to cost $2 million. For $2 million, what would you want your dress to do? <laughs> oh, my God. Light up and make you a cocktail and maybe uh, scratch your back and rub your feet. I don't know. It's just insane. I just don't understand it. And quite honestly, I don't know. I actually was um, getting my nails done today, and we were talking about this and how nobody that any of us knows uh, follows them. Uh, even though you kind of can't help it because it's everywhere. But who pays attention? Obviously someone. But my Lord, it's really unbelievable. I mean, there is something to be said for wanting to make your big day, your walk down the aisle special. I don't think anyone will take away from anybody who oh, wants to celebrate no, their absolutely day. absolutely not. But for $7 million, you know how much, you know, you could do so much good in the world. And this is a girl who already had a bajillion dollar wedding and a big dress and a big ring and... You know all that coverage and so I, I i don't know i don't know we'll see i mean i'm just doing the the math in my head and for folks listening no i'm, I'm really not over here with my soap abacus figuring this out but the last wedding cost a whole <laughs> bunch of money and like the per married the the cost per married minute is astronomical she wasn't <laughs> long enough you know Exactly. That poor guy has never recovered, I don't think. Well, but we'll I see. I don't think the royal wedding costs $7 million, you know. I mean, please. But anyway, I guess it sells newspapers and, and uh, ads, and so maybe they're good for that. But, boy, it's, it's quite something uh, what our modern culture has allowed, you know, it's allowed this to happen. So we'll look at the pictures, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be everywhere on the internet. And as we, you know, deal with that, and if for those of us who were want to look for them, we'll probably easily find them. For those of us who want to avoid them, we'll probably also still find them. They'll pop up exactly. on Facebook. Exactly. We'll have to look at them, too, but whatever. <laughs> we'll see them, too. As we both mentioned, it is Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start to summer. I'm curious... Do you have any favorite summertime activity or tradition that you look forward to every year? I'd imagine when you live in a place that's temperate all year round, maybe it's, it's not the same as, as here where the, the snow is driven. But do you have a, a summertime activity that you like? Yeah, we, we actually really like to go to the Hollywood Bowl, which is uh. a big outdoor concert venue. And they have fabulous music all summer for really, I would imagine it's four or five months worth and um, you can go and you can pay very little or you can pay a lot and you can take picnics and, you know, drink wine and it's all out under the stars and the acoustics are fabulous and so last year I know we saw Lyle Lovett and we've seen Pink Martini and they have like 
the sound of music sing along and then a whole, you know any kind of musical star you can imagine they have there so that's something we always really like and we always go to a big a friend's house for 4th of July so you know we do that and i have some family in montana and so usually we go there and go up to the to flathead lake which was very beautiful so summer's a good time summer's a very good time i'll be going back and forth a lot to um North Carolina to do Under the Dome, and that's so beautiful there, except it does get very humid, but that's life. It is, but you know, a lot of the primetime television shows are now filming for whatever reason, I'm assuming it's a tax credit in North Carolina. I know um, yeah. the last season of uh, of uh, Revolution did, I know that there's some other shows, and Under the Dome is going there as well. Whereabouts in North Carolina does it film, or is that top secret? It's in uh, Wilmington, which is um, uh, fondly known as Wilmywood, because <laughs> it is so busy. They shoot Sleepy Hollow there, they shot the latest Melissa McCarthy movie there, Iron Man 3 was there. I mean, it is a, a pilot called Secrets and Lies that Ryan Phillippe is going to be doing. And uh, it is so busy there, it's amazing. It's crazy. It really is. And, yes, you're right about the tax credit. Um, production companies get great breaks when they shoot there. But they have huge sound stages and wonderful crews. And, of course, the people are so friendly. And, um, you know, it's really fun to go there and work. And the, only, the only downside is when it's, you know, midnight, you're shooting outside, and it's still about 95 degrees, and it kind of <laughs> you go, oh, my God, I'd kill for air conditioning. But, you know, it's just an occupational hazard there in every business. <laughs> The season two premiere of Under the Dome airs Monday, June 30th at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on CBS. Check your local listings for the channel in your area. And the first episode is written by none other than Stephen King, so you definitely don't want to miss that. And if you thought that the Kim Ye wedding was an unusual topic to be talking about, well, there were plenty of other things on Soap Central Live so far this year that we've talked about that are right out there with also being wacky. Back on May 16th, Brian Beacock and Jillian Clare, stars of the web series Acting Dead, dropped by, and it was just after the news of the infamous elevator confrontation between Solange Knowles and Jay-Z, and of course, we had to talk about it. Take a listen to a little bit of our rapid-fire round discussing the strange things that happen in an elevator. You know, sometimes the most unexpected things happen in the most unexpected places. We saw all over social media earlier in the week that sometimes you can go into an elevator and all hell will break loose. So beaten up by Solange. Well, we're not we're protecting the innocent by not mentioning names, Jillian. But yeah. now that you put it out there. I mean, uh, it's everywhere. <laughs> Shut up on my Tumblr. Come on now. <laughs> so I'm curious, Brian and Jillian. You'll have time since uh, to think of your own. But has anything unusual ever happened to you in an elevator, Brian? Uh, no. It, well, not unusual. I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people. But I have been stuck in an elevator for it must have only been five minutes. But to me, it was the towering inferno. It was the end of the world. I was down somewhere on Wilshire. I think it was for an audition. And it was an old, rickety, you know, old building. And um, th there was no phone, like the, the little door where the phone was. The phone was missing. And I kept pressing the button, the emergency button, didn't make any sound. And I thought that was the end of, the end of my life. 
I must have looked like a maniac when the door finally opened. I have been trapped in an elevator on three different occasions, which is why I take the stairs. But Jillian, what about you? Have you ever <laughs> been accosted by a, a celebrity's famous sister in an elevator or anything else crazy? <laughs> Uh, no, I was in a, sh- I was in a, um, elevator once when I was like eight years old when we had just moved down here, I think, with Sharon Stone once. That happened. She was very nice. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, she did not attack me like Solange does. Uh, and let's see. I don't know. I've never really had an unusual experience. There's always that weird awkwardness that you can't really explain in elevators and the, oh, you're going to the ninth floor, huh? Yeah, I'm going to the 10th, and it's just, like, really weird. That's usually me. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I got I used to get stuck in my old apartment's elevator all the time, and so I finally just learned to just, you know, take stairs. That's an interesting now that we've, the three of us have all expressed that we've been trapped in elevators. For the folks who are listening, if you have ever been trapped in an elevator, or if you've ever experienced anything interesting or crazy in an elevator tweet us at soap central or at soap central live let us know uh we'll read along as we're we're going through the rest of the interview but just curious to see if anyone else has any interesting elevator experiences other than maybe being caught singing along to some of the kenny g elevator music which i've also (laughs) been known to do on occasion so I just keep waiting for my McDreamy to trap me in an elevator and tells me he loves me like Grey's Anatomy and it's just not happening In that same show, soap fave Catherine Hicklin dropped by to talk about her comedy hypnosis tour, which is zigzagging across the country this summer. Check her official website at katherinehicklin.com to find out if she'll be appearing somewhere near you this summer. But we talked about something that goes beyond soaps and something that goes beyond anything that people get to see on a regular basis. But she has, well, her own personal zoo. Well, not really. But let's listen to Catherine talk about all of the many animals that are a part of her life. Something else that is helpful, and I believe that there have been scientific studies that prove this, is that pets and animals can be great stress relievers. I know that a lot of colleges now bring in dogs so that the students can go out and and pet the dogs and play with the dogs during final exams. And if that's the case, Kat, you must really have a stress-free life because you have your own little miniature zoo. Matt Damon doesn't need to buy a zoo. You have a zoo. I know. When I saw that movie, I turned to my husband. I'm like, my God, this is the story of our life because we have so many animals. But, you know, there's three that travel with us, and right now I'm on the road. So we're the motorhome, and we have a ferret, a parrot. No, we have uh, my rooster and the dog, and then us. But you know what? As much responsibility as it is to have pets, they do make you feel better. And and uh, the rooster pretty much good. It's a pocket rooster. I don't know if you've seen him on my Facebook page, but he's, he's magic. I mean, I took him to the um, Debbie Reynolds auction preview party uh, night before last just because he likes being in my arms more than he likes being anywhere. And, I, and that, so I brought him with me inside to the party, and uh, it was remarkable. I mean, at 200 people, every single time someone turned around and looked at him, this big smile came across their face. And, you know, it was interesting because there were a lot of celebrities there, and they were coming over to me and asking me a million questions about him, and they wanted to touch him, and they, you know, and I just saw him change their chemistry on the spot, and it was really fantastic. And, and my mother-in-law was like, I never thought that a 
chicken would make a great pet, but she's crazy in love with him. And so, you know, it doesn't even have to be a traditional pet. It's, it's just, you know, because it's the love that you're feeling. And love does make us happier. It, and it doesn't have to be love from a, a man or a woman or it doesn't have to be. It, it's just, you know, that wonderful feeling of being needed and needing a, a some, something, you know, and getting that love exchange. And I think that's why pets make people feel better. Not many people travel with a rooster. I dare say I don't know anybody that travels with a rooster except me. Last Does, year it was the chicken, and, uh, you know, I would take the geese and everything else, but they don't really have the travel. They're, they're, they don't have the portability, you know. They're, they're messy. Chicken is, is, is easy, and the rooster is awesome. And if you haven't seen him, everybody, go to my Facebook page. He's all over that thing. So, uh, you know... Actually, Dan, he, he, he walked the red carpet, and he made all kinds of... <laughs> I, I swear to you, I saw him on all these news feeds, entertainment tonight. I was, I was just like, oh my God, my rooster is going to be famous. <laughs> Probably the only rooster that was more famous in 2014 was, uh, you know what, we'll leave that one alone. But talking about birds, the swallows to Capistrano, the red knots to the Jersey Shore, there are certain things that you can count on every year. On Soap Central Live, every year, somewhere around March 6th, we have an annual celebration of Jackie Zeman's birthday right here on Soap Central Live. She and I celebrate our birthdays together. And this year, sort of upped the ante a little bit and had all sorts of surprises for Jackie. Two of them were her on-screen daughters, Sarah Brown and Tamara Braun. They were here on Soap Central Live long before there was any Carly Palooza announced on General Hospital. Take a listen to how our version of Carly Palooza played out live on the air from our March 7th, 2014 episode. Everything in life is chapters, Dan. (laughs) It it is. And, you know, there are always interesting chapters, and it's fun to look back at them. And one of them is here today to talk to you. We have the lovely Tamara Braun on the line. (gasps) Tamara, oh, my God. (laughs) Happy birthday, Mama. Oh, thank you, honey. What a surprise. Oh, so happy. Oh, how are you? I've been thinking about you a lot. I've been thinking about you a lot, too, actually. We're overdue for a lunch. <laughs> we, are, we are definitely overdue for a lunch. Let's make that happen. Okay, we'll make that happen in the next couple of weeks, okay? Perfect. Are you having a good day? <laughs> Oh, this is so great. I, I, this is, when Dan said, oh, a couple of surprises, I was clueless. I had no idea what he meant. But now, oh. the best surprise ever. Oh, I love it. And I love you. And I just hope you're doing really well. And I hope you're having a fun day. And, and, and I'm just so happy to, to be able to call in and, and give you a little surprise. We will okay. definitely make our date. And I'll take you out for a little birthday celebration. Love and that. Yeah, it'll be wonderful. Okay, we, we will expect. We have a spot that we go to in Beverly Hills, right, Tamara? <laughs> yes, we have our spot. <laughs> we, like. we will expect photos. We want tweets of these, uh, of this, when you're, you know, when you're done and all you're eating. We want photos. I think everybody's going to love to see that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we can do we'll that, do right? That. Why not? We will definitely do that. And, okay. Diana, here's your birthday, too, so happy birthday to you. 
Thank you. It's, you know, we have this little tradition. We have our birthdays on air and invite people in. And I don't like surprises. So I thought, what better way to get around that than to surprise Jackie with some Surprise folks. someone else. Give somebody sure. else what you just don't want. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, well, something else that would be hilarious is we have someone who we've been waiting to try to work them into the conversation, someone else who is a surprise caller. We now have a veritable Carly Palooza. We have Sarah Brown who wants to say hi. Sarah, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you so much. Can you guys hear me? Hi, Jackie. Happy birthday. Oh, my God, Sarah. Hi, thank you. I just called in to say hello and to share in the love fest and, um, and wish you a happy birthday. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm just, you know, it's been a long time. I haven't seen you in such a long time, but... Um, such a long time, and yet I feel like it was just yesterday. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I keep up with what's going on with you because you're always busy and you're gorgeous and you're always doing so much stuff, and, you know, I just, I'm so, like happy the way everything your career has just been stellar you're amazing thank you jackie thank you so much you know how i I love you and um see you sometime soon and we don't go too long um but yeah it's been a long time happy birthday mama (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) we do love our surprises here on soap central live you know what let me take that back I love giving people surprises here on Soap Central Live. The other way around, well, maybe not so much. But even when people do try to surprise me, and it does happen, particularly when we do our yearly anniversary special for SoapCentral.com, it was back on March 21st this year, they tried to surprise me with Kristen Alderson and Haley Pulos, but as you're about to hear, I somehow found a way to wrestle control of the show back. And give the guests a little bit of a surprise. Let's take a listen. Okay, next up, we have someone who, on last year's show, impressed us with her knowledge of her character's family tree. Mm. And we also have someone that grew up in Landview and now resides in Port Charles. (laughs) Please welcome Haley Polos and Emmy-winning Kristen Alderson back to the show. Hi. Hi, ladies. Kristen, I know you're going to be on there. Hey, what's up? I know. When you said your name, I was like, oh, wow. That's a cool surprise. Hi. This is like double the fun here. Well, this is a show full of surprises, even for our guests. Apparently. (laughs) Uh, I have have random questions. I'm taking over my show. It's it's a hostile takeover. Uh, Kristen, were you able to get free water ice from Rita's? Is there one in Los Angeles? Did you miss it yesterday for the first day of spring? Oh no! Yeah, I don't think there is a Rita's water ice out here in uh, in in LA. Um, I do miss it. Oh my gosh, I haven't had Rita's water ice in forever. And there's no Shake Shack. You're just all out of luck over there. I'm so deprived. It's not even funny. <laughs> but Shake Shack changed its fries, and I'm very mad at them. So they're they're not on my they're on my naughty list right now. Uh-oh. Well, speaking of naughty list, uh, young lady, you do not tell your mother you suck. How dare you? <laughs> that was actually such a fun scene. I, I even offered 
not to say that because I thought it was so out of character for Molly, but Nancy was like, no, oh my God, it's my favorite line. You have to say it. <laughs> well, you- I think I once, I once had a scene with uh, Cassie on One Life to Live where I said, I said something nasty to her and she slapped me across the face. Didn't you get a slap from Nancy? Or did you, or, or I thought, or maybe I was just expecting it because I, because I got slapped when I was 16 on the show. <laughs> Wow. Uh, well, that's, that's, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. I mean, you talk about getting slapped and then you have a game of grab ass with Luke on General Hospital and, and Molly's over there trying to shack up in the next room while their mom's next door. This is just a oh my God. horribly We may be young, grass. but we're getting some action. <laughs> and what pairs perfectly with surprises? Well, food, of course. Okay, so actually, I don't really know if food and surprises go well. Now, certainly when there are surprise birthday parties, there's always cake and snacks and goodies. But we talk about food an awful lot here on Soap Central Live, and perhaps the top food commentator, other than myself, was General Hospital star Perry Shen. Not only does he know the world of pizza inside and out, but he's also a professional pancake maker. Back on our April 18th show, Perry Shen talked about what makes good pizza and what inspired him to make... A chupacabra pancake. Let's take a listen. So what's the difference between pizza from New York and pizza from other parts of the world? Uh, for the most part, it's mostly texture is, is what it's all about. Um, there's, there's not too much of anything which makes it perfect. Um, for me personally, I mean, I mean uh, you know, people from Chicago on the, on the other side, end of the spectrum you know they love the deep dish they love the thick Mm -hmm. chewy crust and and lots of heaps and heaps of sauce and with new york i just have grown up with everything's just to a minimum you know that the the sauce is lightly spread on and the cheese is just it's it's got enough for it to give it a little bit of a stretch when when you bite into it but not enough that it's just gobbing all over the place so that's for me you know the crust is nice and thin and crisp but not like uh not like a cracker so you know, it can be, it's foldable. So, I mean, all that stuff is really the texture is kind of what um, sets it aside for me for New York pizza. Is there a favorite topping? I'm a traditionalist. I sort of just like, you know, cheese and sauce, but other people put, uh, you know, there's ham, there's pineapple and right. chicken. And I'm pepperoni. a traditionalist as well. I, I think uh-huh. that you can't judge everything because all the toppings are going to be different. That the sort of the barometer, the common denominator is cheese. So, um, whenever I saw that movie Home Alone and Ke- and, and the, the boy Kevin was said, I just want a cheese pizza. I'm like, yes, just cheese pizza. That's just the basics. Let's just keep it simple, and that way I can judge, you know, what is, you know, the, the better pizza, you know, going from establishment to establishment. So yeah, it's 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 always cheese pizza. Well, while we're talking about food, I also have to talk about something else. You have a reputation now for being the Picasso of pancakes. What inspired you to to do all of these creative pancake designs? And for folks who are wondering what we're talking about, Soap Opera Digest actually did a full spread on the pancakes, I think in their March 31st edition, but it's also on Perry's official website, so you can check it out there. But where did the idea to, to get creative with pancakes come from? Well, I have two daughters, and, um, you know, as, as they're, they're, they're kids, and you, you start, you're sort of your, your awareness sort of opens up in terms of like what movies should I 
slowly start doling them out to watch and what creative things I can bring them to the, you know, to the, to the kitchen table for them to eat. And, and there's this one uh, website that's called Jim's Pancakes, jimspancakes.com. And he has, he's made these amazing creations and he starts off very rudimentary and he gives like, sometimes he, he has this video with a tutorial where he makes all these, you know, different shapes and colors. And, and I just sort of, kind of learned from him and then just sort of branched off and did my own thing and and, uh, and made my own shapes and, and, and sort of, I, I think I, I did a live tweet where uh, people tweeted in, they wanted me to make a Kelly's BLT and I made one that was uh, <laughs> the Franco, Franco slash Heather artwork, the, the sort of um, um, in the gallery that they had mm-hmm. and um, I did a Chupacabra that uh, the head writer Ron uh, <laughs> tweeted in. So um, I, it, was, it was just, uh, it just, Pretty much, you have put batter in a squirt bottle, food coloring, um, you pretty much can make anything. And you know what? That's what we try to do here on Soap Central Live each and every week. We try to make well, a little bit of everything, from having some fun, to having serious discussions, to talking to past and present soap stars, to even bringing in people who are not part of our daytime family, which is something that we hope to do more of in the future. Each and every week, it's about you, the fan. It's about what you want to hear. It's about bringing you something that you're not able to hear anywhere else, because we have a unique and fun and different approach here on Soap Central live thank you so much for supporting us as i said we're now in week 234 i want to say of soap central live we hope to have at least 234 more episodes coming up in the weeks ahead we expect to have the bold and the beautiful's head writer and executive producer brad bell we have some other top secret guests that we can't quite talk about just yet because it would probably explode the twitterverse and facebook and all of that other stuff but that's what we want to have in the meantime of course coming up on june 20th that's in two weeks we'll have our daytime emmy prediction fest so much fun each and every year we get to hear who our expert panel think will take home emmy awards and then of course we can listen to the show after the fact and find out who was right and who was wrong last year i did well years before well i was lucky to get one right who knows what's going to happen this year that's coming up in two weeks I hope that you'll join us then as i said thank you so much for your support each and every week we'll be back next week Friday the 13th, that's scary, that just sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, but Friday the 13th, 6 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m., no, see, Friday the 13th has got me already messed up with the times and dates, it's 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, we'll see you then for the continuing saga we like to call Soap Central Live, have a great week everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.